it's Dr. Kieran here. Welcome to Bridging Medical Paradigms. In the vast and varied landscape of medicine, from the traditional to the modern, the complementary to the conventional, all paired with shifts in societal, technological and political trends, it is a tricky and tiring affair to keep on top of. My aim is to leave you feeling empowered in your engagement with healthcare, to mitigate unnecessary experiences and aim for more positive outcomes. Let's get started. In episode six, we dived into the musculoskeletal system and made that connection between strength and muscle functionality. In episode seven, we looked at the aging of this system. We also introduced the idea of pro-aging. Today, we are finally going to talk about what strength training is. Going back to the physical activity guidelines introduced in episode five, it's recommended for adults to do muscle strengthening activities that work all the major muscle groups, legs, hips, back, abdomen, chest, shoulders and arms on two or more days a week. Again, it's good to use this as a reference point. It may be something to work towards or something that you're actually exceeding. The most important thing is to start integrating it into your lifestyle in a safe and practical way that's subject to what's going on with your body. Strength training, resistance training, weight training, all these terms are used interchangeably, but are referring to the same thing. Picture this, it's essentially physical activity that's working on your muscle functionality against an external resistance. This external resistance can be created in a variety of ways, which is great because this is what makes it accessible. It's not something that you can only achieve by going to the gym or purchasing loads of expensive equipment. You can make it work for your circumstance. It can be in the form of your own body weight, such as push-ups, squats or pull-ups. Just a note, a lot of parks now have those jungle gyms and equipment to perform pull-ups and tricep dips, etc. Using suspension equipment that uses body weight and gravity, like gymnastic rings, to perform various movements. Free weights, like dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, weighted balls, medicine balls, and sandbags, or cans of beans, bottles of water, a bag of books. Do you remember during lockdown, when it was almost impossible to get hold of any weights if you wanted them. I remember seeing people in parks using innovative ways to create weights. Weight machines, those ones that you see in the gym, that enables you to move weights or hydraulics while seated. Resistant bands, like giant elastic bands that provide resistance when stretched. You can get ones of different sizes and tensions, according to what movement you want to perform and your ability. They are relatively cheaper than other forms of equipment and very versatile. They can be used alone to assist in movements when you're still building strength, as well as adding another level of tension to your workout when you need more of a challenge. At the beginning of lockdown, I used to do whole body workouts with just a couple of bands, Just make sure that you're getting ones of good quality though, as you wouldn't want them to snap. When you're working against any form of these external resistances, you'll be performing some sort of functional movement, 
such as pulling, pushing or lifting, that's targeting major muscle groups. The legs, hips, back, abdomen, chest, shoulders and arms. This provides that musculoskeletal strength, as well as coordination and balance. Looking at the overall picture of strength training, from professionals and studies, I'm not a PT, but what I found has helped me too, and my mum so much, I'm still working on getting my dad involved. There are four standout principles that are key to strength training exercise plan, to maximise the benefits and minimise the risk of injury, and pro-age your body. Do you remember what we spoke about last week? The first principle is about learning and monitoring proper form and being safe when performing a strength training movement. Proper form involves the correct body position. Movement of the weight or whatever external resistance you're using and the alignment of joints as well as engaging your core. I'll speak about the core in episode 10. Proper form is important because it ensures that the movement is targeting the intended muscles and associated structures, whilst avoiding overarching your spine, imbalances and injuries, like putting unnecessary stress on the joints that could lead to strains, sprains, or even a a herniated disc. For example, when performing a squat, using proper form means that the core should be engaged, The muscles in the legs, including the glutes and hamstrings, should be doing most of the work rather than the lower back. It's really important from the beginning of your strength training journey to learn the proper form and to continually monitor your technique and listen to your body during your movements, to keep it in check and notice when you're dropping it, getting complacent, or perhaps when you're getting tired or if the weight is inappropriate. Also, if you're feeling any pain, you should then stop and seek advice from a professional. You wouldn't want to cause any serious damage. Also, under being safe is making sure that you warm your musculoskeletal system up before training as well as to cool down, including the appropriate stretches before and afterwards. It seems that dynamic, so with gentle movement like swinging your leg, and joint rotations, rather than static stretches, are better to start with in your warm-up. As you can imagine, you don't want to be holding a stretch on a cold muscle. It could lead to injury. You can do static ones as a cool-down. Alternatively, you could do a little bit of aerobic exercise beforehand, like under 10 minutes, but not to an extent that you'll make yourself exhausted for your strength training. Breathing. Making sure that you breathe correctly throughout your training is also imperative. You don't want to be holding your breath and pass out, especially when holding a weight. Can you imagine? Also, taking appropriate rest and recovery. In between your exercise sets, as well as days, weeks off when required. Sufficient sleep, nutritional intake and hydration. The second principle is about adding variety. Not just doing one movement repetitively week after week. This can be done in the following ways. Using multiple muscles at one time. These are called compound exercises. For example, a squat. 
It uses muscles in the legs and lower body, such as the quadriceps, hamstrings, calves, glutes, as well as engaging the core, and if done correctly, not overloading your lower back. Isolation movements. So, isolating specific muscles individually. This targets and helps to identify any weak areas or imbalances that other muscles might be compensating for. An example of an isolation movement is a standing dumbbell or can of beans lateral raise that targets the middle delts where you can hold weights in both hands and raise your upper arms directly out to your sides. Also, making sure that you train both sides of your body equally to level out any imbalances. A way to do this is to include one-sided or unilateral movements, starting with your weaker side first. For example, for me, my left side is weaker, so I'd use my left arm first and see how many repetitions of lifting a weight I can do, then match that with my right arm. Can you already see from these first two principles how strength training is based on functional movements that can inform and enhance our ability to move safely and effectively in our daily life? I mean, in the physical activity guidelines introduced in episode 5, they do have a list of strength training activities, including weightlifting, resistance bands, etc., but they also put in there heavy gardening, digging or shoveling, or picking up a child. It's great in strength building to do these two latter activities, but I think they are missing a trick here, because it would be great to signpost the principles mentioned today as well. Because how many people engage their core when they pick up a child? If you have an underlying weakness of a specific muscle, how would you know? How would you make sure that you're giving it that individual attention to get it strong if you're only sticking a shovel in the mud? What damage could you be causing to your body? So that's just something for you to think about there. If you are yet to start your strength churning journey or need a refresh, remember in episode 4, effectively using the internet for health information. You can search how to start strength training and how to use the correct form or search some of the terms we spoke about today, such as compound movements or go straight to YouTube. There's plenty of valuable, applicable information on there given by professionals in the field. Use the tips in episode four to suss out the trustworthy ones. They also cover areas of rest, recovery and sufficient nutritional intake and hydration, etc. that all need to be incorporated into your plan, as well as listening to your body. You've also got apps now that have tailored workout plans. The methods you decide on for strength training, for example, just doing body weight or sticking to resistance bands, can depend on your personal preference, ability and what you have access to. The main thing is to do what works for you in a safe and practical way. Also, speak to your healthcare provider if, for example, you have been inactive for a while or have any underlying health conditions to discuss the best way forward for you. 
Also, gyms often run injection courses or classes for using equipment. That's a good opportunity to learn and ask questions about form. Or you could talk to a trainer. Also, watch out for free trials or even discounts at gyms. Okay, I think that's everything. That's a wrap. I hope you found this useful and can make it your own. See you next week where we'll be tackling the last two principles of strength training. Thank you.